We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. everybody before we get into today's nba preview episode i got my guy nick dunbar on the other end what's good teddy what's up bro how you doing i'm doing all right man you got the you got the nuggets game on in the background i do i do yeah i got it on i got it on over there too even though it's muted and i got my back to it i want to know what's going on but i got the alerts right now but before we get started support for vm is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming yo nick I'm Matt Harry, right, son? OD. <laughs> o- OD, bro. OD. But Manscaped takes care of me. You know what I'm saying? That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lone Mover 3.0. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery lasts up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Unlike I mentioned last week, I don't really do it in the shower, so it gets too sloppy and messy. 
Yeah, usually like before shower, and then you jump in after wash off. So it's the way to go. Yeah, the shower at the same time, like the hair will stick to you and yeah. like too itchy and stuff. I what, feel you on that. what I like to do is I go in my backyard and I just do it there, and then I take the <laughs> towel and I just. <laughs> Oh, take that for a visual. Yeah, that's wild. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They also upgraded to 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging, charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping. With the code VM at manscaped.com. Your bulls will thank you later, and so will I. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code VM at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. Manscaped.com. Promo code VM. Yo, what's good? You in a support or what? Yeah, support. I have a trimmer. I have um I have clippers. And, like, I clippers, bro. What is this? The 70s? Come on, bro. Can I finish it on with it? Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> like it's like um what is it? It's not a Norelco. It's uh, actually it might be. It's like a Phillips. Well, yeah, listen. but I mean, yo, yeah, you got your your shit going on. I'm gonna support. Well, listen, it's just I, I've had it for forever, so like it's yeah, like yeah, reliable. Yeah. You know, I, I I touch up in between haircuts and stuff. It's yo, it, it's popping, bro. It's popping. I'll give you. I'll let you use my buzzer before you. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good. I, but I'm gonna look into that for sure. It's, it sounds interesting. Yo, NBA playoffs. It's finally here. I saw something on Twitter. It's been like 430 days since a playoff game in the NBA because it is layoff. What do you think about yeah. the bubble, bro? I I well, I stand corrected. I was wrong. I didn't think that they were going to be able to finish it, but they mastered it. Um, they were on top of the tests, uh, personnel getting tested, and all of that. I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Everyone competed at a high level. Um, the Suns, who really didn't have a chance put themselves in a position to have a chance and make the playoffs. Unfortunately, they didn't. But, uh, yeah, the games were competitive. Everyone played well. No no crazy injuries. The one guy, um, Isaac, tore his ACL, unfortunately. Aside from that, though, you know, there wasn't really too big of a – that was a big impact for the team also. And uh, Jackson, too. Jaron Jackson on the, the Grizzlies tore his ACL, too. I thought there would be a lot more injuries, though, because, you know, considering the layoff. But – um. I thought it went pretty well. I enjoyed it, and I'm excited for the playoffs, too. I felt bad for Isaac, bro. He had a rough couple days between him being outspoken about not taking a knee. And, you know, unfortunately, nowadays with social media, you can't really be controversial. And especially when everyone's leaning one way on something and with the whole BLM protesting and all that, he decided to not take the knee with his teammates and then, I mean, the jokes on Twitter were just, I wouldn't even say jokes, just the trolling on Twitter was like, oh, I bet you now you would take a knee, right? And it's like, dude, Cross this guy just, line, bro. Yeah. it's just crazy, man. It's crazy. You know what I've noticed with Twitter? I've really started to disengage with it. I kind of tweet and go, like I'll tweet like some, like today I put out my predictions and then I kind of log off and kind of use it for promotional purposes now twitter ain't like we've been on twitter for a while so twitter used to be popping back in the day now it's every day every day it's the same shit you log on you're like yo what's good with twitter someone's angry about something it's all chaos then you're like all right maybe it's a bad day and then you just rinse and repeat every day it's the same shit right twitter's my favorite actually 
actually, honestly. I, I don't get too, like, wrapped up, but I, I like to look, like, linger mm. and, like, look from a distance. I mean, I'm not too, like, involved as, like, what's going on or putting my two cents in, but I just like to look and see what's going on. I'm, I'm a big fan of Twitter. Yo, I really liked the... I think one thing that works with the NFL and even even college basketball when they do March Madness, I, there's a level of urgency when there's one game. Winning your in. And my favorite thing from the bubble was that playing game. And oh, yeah. I know it was it was a very competitive game. It was one of the better regular season games. And I know I shouldn't call it a regular season game because it had playoff implications, so it meant something. But, Technically it was a playoff game, right? Right, right. I I love that, bro. I think that's why people are so in love with game sevens. That's why people are so in love when it's like a 3-2 series and you're kind of subconsciously consciously pulling for the team that's down because, you know, they say psychologically 90% of people always root for the underdog because they themselves feel like underdogs. So when you're down 3-2 in a series, you know, your back's against the wall. Everything got to go right. So right. that was my favorite thing from the bubble. What would you say was the one shit, one thing that stood out to you that you really enjoyed the most? I'm gonna like to like add on what you said. I kind I agree with that. It was the play in, my the playing game, of course. But my favorite thing was just the ability for the NBA to just adapt in a whole, like the whole bubble itself. I enjoyed, like in general, like to give like a general answer. I enjoyed the entire bubble, how they changed the rules up. They invited those five, six teams that had a chance at that eighth playoff spot and gave them all a fair chance to compete and, and try and get into the playoffs and how they changed the rules around. And also, because if Memphis would have won that game, they would have played a tiebreaker yesterday, Sunday, which was the following day. Um, I just like their ability to like adapt and adjust to like what's going on in terms of you know the pandemic and to continue out their season and capitalize on that. Like just the, the the bubble in the hole, and I just love how um, the level Devin Booker was playing at, who's like my favorite player to watch, him and Lillard too, and that beef that they had with the Clippers, the Blazers-Clippers beef at that game, um, there was a whole lot of like trash talk going on. That was personally my favorite game to watch, even though they lost that game, the Blazers, I was pulling for them, but that, um, that game stood out to me in terms of... Uh, just a storyline like later on in the playoffs they may actually have to play each other and it'll be interesting to like revisit later on down the road because you know there's still going to be some animosity there you mentioned something right there about maybe they'll meet each other later down the road and i think that's a great way to dive into this preview because i think the most intriguing series gotta be blazers and lakers yes of the first round right like I'm going to disagree and say Rockets, OKC. Well, that one has more storylines built in with, like, Russ team against his old... for older team, right? Yeah. And I think that's going to go seven. I would put a bet right now that would go seven games. I honestly think that's going to go seven games. But, yes, Blazers are the hottest team right now playing well. They're peaking, actually. The Blazers are peaking right now. They're playing the best that they could probably play. Everyone's finally healthy. And let's be honest, the Lakers aren't... They have a full head of steam, the Blazers, with momentum, right? And mm. the Lakers are actually going in the other direction. The last couple of games, they lost like their last three or four, I think, mm. if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. 
and they don't have that momentum. That's why LeBron was so adamant about winning that last game of the season and hopefully get some momentum going into the into the playoffs. But yeah, you've got two teams going in two directions. I mean, let's let's not forget though that the playoffs are a completely different beast and LeBron is LeBron and LeBron's never lost in the first round. So, you know, a lot of people are getting carried away with, you know, the Blazers, oh yeah, the Blazers, you know, let's let's take it easy for a bit and you know, we'll see how the first game goes. Yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to digest. Going back to Thunder and Rockets, if you look at the betting lines, it's the one series that has the most narrow betting odds. So, for example, just to paint the picture, plus 135 is the Thunder, minus 155 is Houston. Right? That's really close. To put it in perspective, you got to put $100 on the Bucks to win a dollar. <laughs> and then you look at the Raptors, you got to put $30 to win a dollar. Everything else is pretty it's pretty wide. This is the most narrow. So, you're right. That's the one that is most likely to be a lengthy series. I want to stay with what you said about the Lakers and the Blazers and you know, I'm financially strapped to the Blazers. I got them at 70 to 1 to win the finals. Now they're at Great. third. Yeah, they're at 30. Great bet by the way, yeah. Well, I did it, so I did it for many reasons, and I want to explain myself because I'm getting some heat for this. But this is, a lot of times you got to make bets because there's value there, and it, right. the numbers are off. That's exactly what it is. Let's go to the weekend, UFC 252. Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's fighting Chito Vera, and I understand that Vera hurt him, and then O'Malley fucked up his leg, and then he falls down. But a lot of people don't realize that happened off a kick by Vera, hit him in his knee, buckled him. And that kind of, maybe there was an injury going into that fight. We don't know. More details are going to come out. But I thought that whole week leading into it, that was a very, very wide line. Josh and I were talking. I was talking. tweeted it too. Yeah. And I was just saying how like, yo, from a betting perspective, you should be on Vera. Not that he's going to win. There's value there. And I think there's a big misconception as to what value means in the sports world. It's one of those trigger words that people throw out to make them sound educated on the topic of betting and they right. don't really understand that. So bringing that to the NBA and bringing that to the Blazers, the Blazers being 70 to 1 at the time that they were 70 to 1, I thought was wrong. I thought it was very wide. They were a game and a half back of Memphis and they were a half game back of being guaranteed the play in game situation. I just felt like it was very very wide and that would define me in this situation as a sharp better in the sense that it was 70 to 1. I got him at 35 to 1. So it's moving in that direction. With Absolutely. that being said, going into this series, the Lakers are minus 600 to win. So the, the oh, I called the Lakers crowd. Like, you didn't call shit, bro. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they have an 80% chance of winning this series based on the, off, off the betting odds. So I understand LeBron... Never lost in the first round. He's 12-0 and in the first round. I get that. I understand LeBron turns it on. I don't have concerns with LeBron, bro. LeBron is not who I'm worried about. LeBron is not who I'm worried about. You know who I'm worried about? I'm worried about... The role players. Everyone else. That yeah, backcourt. I'm not even worried about AD. Because there's really no one on Portland that could guard AD, too. It's just the matchups. I think the, Bla- the Lakers are going to run into a problem where the guards that have to stay on the floor to guard the Blazers' guards are a liability on offense. 
So like Danny Green, he's a D and three kind of guy. Really can't create his own shot. If he's not making threes, he's got to stay in to guard one of the guards because he's a good defender, right? But now you're a liability on scoring because he could really only pretty much shoot. And if he's not making jump shots, you know he's just out there to defend. So boom, you're already down one offensive guy. Another guy, Caldwell Pope, very similar to Danny Green. Same exact thing. He's going to be out there for defense. Another liability on offense. So I agree with you. It's it's the, the matchup. It's going to be tough, and and you you it's the unknown for the Lakers role guys, right? That haven't really been there before. I mean, yeah, Jr.'s been there. Deion Waiters not so much. You know, they just picked him up. So it, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. But I, I definitely agree with you. It's the unknown of the role guys. You don't know what you're going to get from them. I like that Portland has a lot of guys that they could throw at AD now, even to bang them up. And look, Anthony Davis, not a guy that's. Utterly reliable when it comes to durability. He's had his issues. Bro, as someone that plays DFS, you're a hardcore NBA DFS player. I have not played DFS much unless I've won a ticket ever since a fucking game got rained out in the NBA. I'll never forget that shit, bro. I I deadass, I don't. I haven't invested my own money in daily fantasy basketball since then. Unless it was like, you know, I'll throw in a $3 satellite in NFL or MMA and then I win like a $100. Then and then I'll just hit up Danny or Josh and be like, "Yo, send me a lineup so I can just put some shit in." Because I just can't. That I it, it really frustrated me. I lost my mind. So or like I did in PA, a little Levert, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I had a I had a I had a ticket to the Millie Maker there. Yeah. And, and I was just like, "Yo, bro, tell me tell me ten names you like, and I'll try to fit them into a lineup." But yeah, he was gonna win the hundred K and drive off to Long Island by himself. <laughs> I was gonna be out. Nick Legend, Nick are. missed me for like two hours. He's like, "Yo, where are you going? Did you win a hundred K?" But yo, AD also right? You play NBA DFS. Is there a more frustrating player than him when it comes to that? Absolutely not. I agree. And bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think there's one night where he does not have that yellow bar by his name, where questionable tag. He's questionable even when he's healthy. He's questionable. It's like one guy. It's just like drives you nuts. <clears throat> They play tomorrow night, which is nice. They're going every other day. Um, look, m- the one thing that I also m- made me gravitate towards the Blazers was Lillard is playing on a different level right now. Uh-huh. And also, they get Nurkic, Melo, and Trent. Three guys that are big pieces for them. Adding them to a team that made the Western Conference Finals last year, who right. weren't a part of that team. And they're all playing at a high level. Right That's now, yes. That's a really key point. They're all playing at a high level. McCollum, too. Like, all those guys are all, like, in their stride right now, which is what's going to make an interesting series. I, I, yeah, it's just going to be it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm really excited for that. I agree with you in that sense. It's, it's the most interesting and exciting to watch, for sure, in the first round. There is a possibility... That LeBron has been stashing all this hype over the last two weeks on the Blazers, and they blow the doors off them. Like that wouldn't oh, surprise. Yeah. There's nothing in this series, and this is not a hedge. This is just exactly how I feel. There's no outcome in this series that would surprise me. Surprise me, right? If the Lakers sweep them, wouldn't be surprised. If the Blazers win, wouldn't be surprised. I think that there's no home court advantage now. Everyone's playing in a bubble. In a bubble. Another right. Go on. Another key, very, very key point to this, there's no traveling. Everyone goes back to their room and gets to rest. So, again, this benefits the veteran guys. LeBron gets to chill. You know, I, I think all of that plays into a role, and that will definitely benefit um, 
the veteran guys and the Laker guys because they're, they're one of the older teams in the NBA. It's it's one hundred four one hundred. It's game. It's game five. It's two two. Who's the five that's out there for the Lakers? Would you say? And from what you've seen, because yo, no lie, I think that's even more of an emphasis than ever before. Like that's always my thing when whenever I, I make bets and whenever I, I try to come up with like like a take or a, a strong opinion. That's what I always gravitate to. Like, yo, what's right. your crunch time five when the game's on the line? What the Blazers so, have been running is it's the backcourt, CJ and Dame. It's Melo, it's Nurk, and it's Trent. Trent. And you really have all your bases covered. You have a go-to score. You have a guy that could create his own shot. You have a guy on the perimeter who's shooting lights out, like Trent's balling from three. You mm-hmm. got Good defender. Yeah, you got a guy in Melo who's the ultimate wild card in that five. And then you got Nurkic, you got the big, who's versatile yeah. as well. So he can shoot the three balls. So. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying. I love the Blazer five there, and I think that's going to keep them in games. What would you say is the five for the Lakers? So it, that's a really good question, and I had a hard time. Because, look, we were in the backyard at Josh's this past weekend watching UFC, and we were trying to figure that out, right? You were just like, who are you going to match up with? So obviously LeBron AD. I'm going to go Kuzma because you know they're going to need scoring. They're going to need a four also that they could stretch on their end. I'm going to go Kuzma. And also, it, he's also another wild card. So he's like the Blazer. He's like the mellow for the Blazers, for the Lakers, right? It's all going to be, he's the X factor. It's going to be on how he plays. It's going to be how well or how fast the series finishes. Because I think when he's shooting the ball like really well, as he's doing of late, the Lakers are, are even tougher because they get that extra three ball and they get that extra offensive boost off the bench. Now, so down the stretch, I also saw saw Vogel trying to sneak Jr. in there, and I feel like, you know, Caldwell Pope, he hasn't really been cutting it. I mean, I don't know. So you go LeBron, AD, Kuzma. I feel like you throw. And and then the rest is like a toss up, honestly. I think ultimately Jr. is going to be there because I think so too. LeBron trusts him. Yes, and he's made he, those big shots before. He's, he's been in those situations. Yeah, that's exactly it, man. He's he's battle um, tested, bro. And then and then that fourth spot, I don't know. It could go that kid. Uh, um, there's a rookie that they that they signed from the G that that was in their G League team who's been playing really well. I don't I don't know if they'll give him the minutes, but I he's, don't a, know. he's a big like six five guard. He's been playing well, Nick. I, I don't know. It, that's what I'm saying. I, there's no telling. There's honestly no yeah. telling in that situation. It could be Caldwell Pope. You could throw Danny Green out there who's been in those situations, but again, limited offensively. It, it, it's really a toss-up. Like, I, I, I still don't even have the answer to that. Like, you really don't know. You could throw anybody out there. You got, They're trying to force Rondo to come back. Rondo could be out there, but also, again, liability, shooting, and on offense. I don't know, bro. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting how they match up. I heard LeBron James say after Kuzma hit that jump shot against the Nuggets, how we're gonna need Kuzma. Kuzma we're gonna need Kuzma. And oh, of course. I know that's the case. That wouldn't make me that confident in in, in the Lakers if like you're heavily relying on Kuzma, oh, on Kuzma to step up to be that third guy. Yeah. I think I think he was just being politically correct in saying that in terms of like trying to like boost his guy up, right? To get him because LeBron has a tendency to do that, right? Yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah. he improves everyone around him. He just knows what you know the right things to say, the right buttons to push. He's like the ultimate teammate. So I think he was just saying that 
But again, I, I do agree with that, though. I do think he's their X factor. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, for sure. I think he he definitely uh, who is. Else, who else would it be? You know, like they got a lot of guys that are like Danny Green is battle tested. That means something to me. Like, yo, there's there's still a lot of people, and I talked to this one dude who covers the Bucks. There's some people that are worried about Giannis when it comes to like that that last like that killer instinct. It's still lacking in them, and you've seen that. Told you last year. I was I was watching when the Raptors played the Bucks. There was three minutes left there. I think it was Game Six when the Raptors closed them out. It was in Toronto, and he was hiding in the corner. And Middleton was operating at the top of the key with the ball. And it's like, bro, what are you doing? He was hiding. He was literally hiding in the corner. So again, like I love Giannis, but the same thing. Like Matt Ryan in the NFL. I know this is probably like apples and oranges, but he's the ultimate player in the regular season. And then when the playoffs come, it's like night and day. And like you, you, you need to. You need to sell me, bro. You need to sell me. You got to be the same exact way you were in the regular season as you as you were in the postseason. You you have to. He's got to be a killer in the postseason too. Giannis hasn't shown that yet. What are you going for, Lakers Blazers? What's your prediction? Um, safe. I'm gonna say Lakers in five. Lakers in six wouldn't surprise me, but to be safe, I'm gonna say Lakers in five. What about you? I think that's the most realistic outcome because I think Lillard's playing at a level right now where he might have like a 58-point game and they steal one. You're going to need him to have those monster games. Like him and McCollum got to get 80 each. Not each. (laughs) They got to get 80 combined (laughs) is what I wanted to say. For them to have a chance, right. Where I, I, I think logically... It's very possible that Lillard has one of those, especially with that backcourt that he got to go up against, right? And I don't think you can maybe try to throw, like, I don't think LeBron's at that point anymore in his career where he got to do that, like, guarding guards. Like, he's not. Maybe, like, on a last possession, like that, what he did a couple of weeks ago where he made the the putback against the Clippers, and then he had... He guarded Kawhi, and then he switched over to Paul. Like, LeBron has that in him when it matters. He will will do that if he has to. Right, but to do that for 48 minutes, especially when we just spent five minutes talking about how, where they're going to get the scoring from, I think if you're Vogel, you're like, yo, bro, look, guard Melo, right? Mm -hmm. And he's a wild card. He's not taking 25 jump shots like he used to. Guard Melo, and don't go that hard on defense. Turn it on when you need to. Obviously, we don't need to tell LeBron how to play. We need you to be 35 a game for us to win. Because I think that's what, what it's going to take. I'm going to go. I'm going to stay with my guns, man. I think the Blazers win the series. Wow. Yeah, I, I really do. I really do. I'm a little worried about McCollum's back. Apparently, he's playing with like a broken back, which is crazy. How much? Yeah, strain back or something. Yeah, cortisone are they shooting that motherfucker up with? But <laughs> I think. I'm gonna Unbelievable go. how he could create space for his jump shot, how he did on the, against the Grizzlies. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, though. Yeah, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Blazers, dude. I think the Blazers, they they wouldn't be in this position if their guys were healthy at the beginning of the year. They fell into that big hole because they didn't That's have true. Nurk, and they didn't have a couple guys. And then, like, Trent became a thing later on in the year, and then adding Melo also. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Blazers. Why not? It's been a I'm wacky year, bro. It. It's been a wacky yeah. year. If there's ever going to be it an has. AC to make some noise and – from all indications, I don't remember an eight seed having a player like Lillard, who's a top five player in the league right now. Absolutely. And I do want you to know, though, you know this too, playoff basketball is completely different. 
And what I mean by that is there's a lot more half-court. Right. A lot more half-court plays, sets, um, you know, the the more bigger the bigger physical <clears throat> team will usually tends to dominate. Those up and down, you know, first game to a hundred YMCA pickup games don't really happen as much in the playoffs. So a lot of people too don't get that like misconstrued. Like you think like the Blazers are gonna get into the shootout every night with the Lakers. Mm. It's not gonna happen. LeBron's gonna control the tempo. You know, there's gonna be slow plays down. ran. You know, it's gonna be slowed down a lot too. So also remember that. I got a question for you, and you're a good person to ask as someone that has played college basketball. Is there uh is there a world where it's easier to shoot in the bubble as opposed to shooting in an empty arena? That's a great question and the answer is absolutely yes. So there's no there's no backdrop, right? So you don't have to worry about like the um what's I I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's like a perception depth, distance. Depth perception. It's the depth same perception. thing. There you go. Yes, exactly. It, it's the same thing with kickers. They always tell you kickers to zone in, in on a smaller target, yeah. Okay. So it's like it's like a smaller gym. It's like they call it a shooter's gym, like like um, Coach K Court where Duke plays. It's like a gymnasium almost. It's smaller. It's tighter. There's no like really depth perception in the back, so it's easier for the shooter. And yes, bro, that's why there's been these crazy games like De- Devin Booker shooter. He sh- shot lights out in the bubble. T.J. Warren out of nowhere shooting lights out in the bubble. Dame Willard's been on a crazy tear. He's never been on a tear like this in his career. What, in his last six games, he's averaging, like, a little over 50 points a game? That's insane. You know what I mean? So, yes, there's an advantage to shooters. And the Blazers have, have, have some shooters. The Lakers got some shooters, too. But, yes, to answer your question, that's a great question. Yeah, th- there's definitely a benefit playing in the bubble for the shooters. It definitely has benefited them. And you saw it. You see the stats in the games, too. You've been watching the games. The shooters are shooting lights out. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the Blazers playing no defense, and I understand they're not the fucking bad boys Pistons, but like all these games, bro, we were in PA. The, the the Mavericks played the Rockets, and it was like 90 to 86 at halftime. Such a good game. Such yeah, good game, it was man. just back and forth. And also, I think a lot of people make this mistake, bro, and they fall into these traps where teams are shooting 43s a game. Yeah. The scores are going to be outrageous. Modern day NBA, one through five, you got to shoot the three. Let's talk about let's let's pivot over to the other team from LA. Clippers are playing the Mavericks. Mm. I think I'm not going to call upset, but I think this series people are sleeping on the Mavericks, bro. They had the number one offense in the NBA this year. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the advanced analytics, like the most efficient offense. But but you talk about like Porzingis and Luca. The talk about a guy who's mad streaky. uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. could like. I was gonna say Hardaway. So some shooters too. Seth Curry leading the NBA in three point percentage. My guy uh, DFS. (laughs) That's my boy. Dorian Finney Smith. Yo, I think I think with them like. I understand people buying into the Clippers, but this is also a team that hasn't really, outside of Kawhi, who's proven themselves. Paul George. In the playoffs? Yeah. On the mm. When he was on the Pacers, he just ran against LeBron in the Heat. You can't, like, discredit him. And you also got to know, he was, like, 20, 22, 23 years old also. He's going toe-to-toe with LeBron, and, and you know what I mean? And he really didn't have a Robin. Who was his Robin? Roy Hibber? Like, come on. Danny, Danny Granger, like, with one leg? Let's be fair here. That's that's fair. I feel you, but 
he has disappeared in a lot of games when his team needs him most. Just like he just for every thirty point game he has, he has like a nine point game as well. So I'm just I'm so, just a little worried about him when it comes to to stuff like that. Which is fair, but also you got to realize he's always the man on his team too. So those years where he's having nine point games, he's facing double teams and stuff. Now you can't really double team him on a team like the Clippers. So, so it's going to be interesting. I have to see how that's handled. I have his game logs. In in win or go home games, mm-hmm. right? Twenty twelve, game six against the Heat has eleven points, four of ten shooting. I understand young Paul George. I get that. Right, but just, that's not an excuse though. Yeah, that's, that's that's fair. Stay stay with me. Um, they play Atlanta, game six in twenty thirteen. They win and they advance. He has four points. I know they win, Ooh. but he has four points, right? Um, they play the Knicks in 2013 when they won. He had 23 points. Good one there. Had that block. Right. They play in 20 in 2013 game seven against the Heat. Seven points, two of nine shooting, one of four from three. 2014 game seven win against the the Hawks. He has 30. Right. Are you recognizing the roller coaster in him yeah, in, in, in situations like that? Even in wins, even in inconsistent, wins. Inconsistent, inconsistent, right? Two thousand fourteen, playing the Wizards, they win Game Six. He has twelve points, four of eleven shooting. Two thousand fourteen against the Heat in six games, they lose by twenty five. He has twenty nine points, so that's a good game from him there. Let's go to two thousand and sixteen. They play Toronto. They lose in the first. They they lose in the first round to Toronto. He has twenty six. Now this is where it starts to get a little funky. They play the Cavs. They get swept. Game four, he has fifteen points. But the two games prior, he has thirty six and he has thirty two. Right there was that game where he passes up the last shot to uh, CJ Miles. Yeah. And then he was like, yo, I should have took that last shot. And then the advanced analytics came out that he's like 0 for 8 in game tying or game game winning uh, field goals. 2000, 2018 against Utah in a series in which the Thunder were minus 400 to win that series against the Jazz. Remember, this is, this is a young, uh, this is a rookie Donovan Mitchell we're talking about. Game 6. Five points, two of sixteen shooting, and then last year Western Conference Finals, um, he has thirty six in that. You know, Dame Lillard wave goodbye. Yeah. So for he, every, it seems like every thirty point outbreak, he has like a nine point a game. Couple, a couple does, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think he. I've been watching him play these last couple seasons. This year especially. And I said it earlier on one of the podcasts I was with you, that I was on with, with uh, Chris, and also we did another couple after, and I still stand by it. I think he's the best Clipper, bro. Mm-hmm. Offensively, at least. I really do. Offensively, I, mean, I, I would. Lou Williams, Lou Williams, yeah, of course. But I just, if you watch him play, you know, Doc's drawing up game-winning plays. He wants the ball in Paul George's hands. Paul George is guarding the other team's best player. I know Kawhi is as well, but... I, Paul George, you'll be, you're gonna see. You're gonna see. We'll, we'll we'll talk again. We'll check back in. Maybe one more. Do one more pod before the season ends, and you'll you'll see. You'll see. But fair, fair points. All fair points. But I just think his shooting, his scoring. He just he he. 
he offers a lot more than what those stats are saying. Yeah, he can have bad, you know, bad shooting games. Everyone has bad shooting games, and I'm not going to justify it. But he's also guarding the other team's best player. I'd also like to see the stats. I mean, some of those teams you named, um, the Knicks, Carmelo Anthony stats. I'm sure he was guarding Melo. What was Melo stats in those games? Right, the Heat. Was he guarding LeBron during those games? You know, he usually accepts the challenge on the other end too, the defensive side. You know, he he does more than just score. But um, no, it, it's a fair point. It's going to be an interesting series. I think the Clippers will win in six, though. If 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 I'm being fair, you know, Luca Luca's insane. He's playing on another level as well. Porzingis is hitting his stride a little also. Um, it's it's going to be it'll be it'll be a good offensive uh, series, and it should be fun to watch with a lot of star power. But Clippers in six. Yeah, I feel you on that with the star power, and it's going to be very, very entertaining. Uh, I do stand corrected. Right now, they're the third best offense in the league as far as points for, but coming into okay. the bubble, they were number one. So okay. it's the Bucks at 18, 118.7, then it's the Rockets at 117.8, and then it's them at 117 points. And then you look at the Clippers, they're at 116.3. So you got two of the four best offenses in, in the NBA from a points-per-game yeah. perspective. Going up against each other, bet but, the over every single game in that series. Yeah, it it seems like it, right? The it's gonna be very high scoring. I know game one, um, the over under is is, is two thirty. Um, yeah, these they might have one hundred and eighty points by halftime, but yeah. I think I think with like it's the same shit with Portland, bro. I think that the Mavericks could steal one or two games because of yeah. Luca and and KP if they could have one of those nights where. Everything just falls for them. I could definitely Absolutely. see that being the case, but I'm gonna go with the Clippers. I, I spent way, I spent way too much time on the <laughs> um, Paul George stuff, but I felt it was one of those things That's where I, I felt like you gotta prove your point. Yeah, but uh, in my head, watching, I'm like, yo, I don't know about you, bro, but I'm an eye test guy. I feel like your eyes don't lie, and sometimes, like I watch, and I always bring up this, this, um this point that I made a couple years ago when remember when the Packers were running um, Aaron Jones and like Williams. Yeah. It's like, yo, just watching the games. I didn't know what the numbers were, but like watching the games, Adam Jones just looked better when he would get the ball. He's a better player, right? And then PFF puts out like the, uh, the year in review stuff. And it's like, yeah, Aaron Jones was like the third most efficient running back in the NFL. It's like, yo, just watching it. And all the fantasy nerds were like, Oh, you got to start the other guy, not Jones. And it's like, yeah, but my eyes are telling me otherwise. So, Mm -hmm. with that being said, going back to Paul George, it just stood out to me that I felt like he would always disappear in big games. And it seems like that was – it's like 50-50 from the numbers we were reading. So, I'm intrigued by this one. But, yeah, I think – I'm going to go Clippers in five. Clippers in five, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, There's really no wrong answer there, really. I mean, it's – I think they'll dominate, and they're good. They're both two. Both teams are good half court teams too. Good half court offense teams, offensive teams. Let me do an ad read real quick while we're here. Um, Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL with NFL Sunday Ticket TV. You can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and Direct TVs. Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket TV is your key to the most glorious 
Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, Nick, let's go back to the rest. Let's. Um, we spent a lot of time on those first two series, and we were talking about it before we started recording, how we were going to spend yeah. more times more time on certain series as opposed to the other ones. Um, let's start to just uh, run through a couple of these. Let's stay with the West, right? Thunder and the Rockets. We talked about this a little bit before in passing. From a storyline perspective, this might be the most interesting playoff series. Russ against his old team. Harden against his old team. Uh, Chris Paul against his old team. Um, there was always like the debate between like, can Chris Paul and Harden get along? You had a team that a lot of people counted out on the Thunder when they got rid of Russ. Were they going to rebuild? And now they're in the playoffs. A lot of their young pieces are bowling out. SGA is a guy who I think is going to be a star in this league. Uh, I love him. I yeah. love him. He's a solid player. How do, you, how do you feel about this series? Because I think even from a betting perspective, it's minus 155 Rockets, plus 135. It's the most narrow of all the series if you want to bet on a series the sports books are telling us it's essentially a coin flip as opposed to all the other series so how do you feel about this one rightfully so they match up really well i don't know what the series was during the season i don't know how many games they played and who won what i wish i knew that if i'm not if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure they split but i do think um well, for starters, it, it's probably the series I'm looking forward to the most, aside from the Blazers and Lakers series, for that reason, because I think it's evenly matched, and I think every game's going to go down to the wire. It, probably a buzzer beater <clears throat> towards the end of like every game, I think. Um, I still think the Rockets do have um, a little bit more power, star power, than they do. Harden can get you a bucket at will whenever you need, what you know, whenever needed. So I think the Rockets will win that series in seven, but I do think it. it you know, <clears throat> like the uh, sports books are saying, it, flip a coin. Chris Paul running the other team. Didn't you see? Uh, you saw the the memes coming up. Zero point two percent chance that the Thunder would make the playoffs. Yeah. And now they're in the playoffs. That's why you play the games, <clears throat> you know, in between the lines and on the floor, and not on. Uh, the games aren't paid on play, uh, played on paper or with stats, you know, for that specific reason. And I think, you know, the Thunder carried that chip on their shoulder all season long and it put them in a good in a good position, you know, as to where they are right now. Yeah, they're um, no rust game one. Yeah. So you're probably going to see Harden lock him into your DFS lineups. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's it's at least thirty shots. It's fascinating what the Rockets do to teams. They make you try to adapt to them, and people are saying that like Adams is not going to be able to play in this series because like uh of the matchups. But like on the flip side, can't you just dominate the boards if you have them out there? I was just gonna say, there's a guy named Chris Paul running the point. He's not gonna allow that to happen. He's gonna control the game. They'll play in the half court. They'll use Adams to their advantage. I was just gonna say they that they. That's the one thing that they have over the Rockets is Size. that inside dominant presence, yeah. presence, you know. So I think they're going to use that. And Chris Paul knows better than anybody um, that they're going to have to use that to their advantage if they stand a chance. 
because if they get into that up and down running gun, you know, uh, fast break basketball, um, take more, make more. That's their that's their that's their uh, their defense that they use for offense. The Rockets, yeah, they they, they nobody stands a chance, let alone the uh, the Thunder. The last oh, actually, what's a give me a prediction for this one? Are you going Thunder? Because that's where I think I'm leaning. Rockets in seven for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rockets in seven for me. I'm curious to see exactly what's good with Russ because there's always. Remember last year with KD, bro? Like, KD was supposed to be week to week, and then it became a six-week injury. So, who knows if this Russ thing is serious. I know he tweeted, or Instagram, we were talking about that before we started recording, like, locked in. Mm -hmm. And everyone sort of adapts to LeBron James' zero dark 30 or zero dark 23 thing where he shuts down social media during the playoffs. Right, right, right. Who knows? We don't know what the severity of this injury is with, with Russ. And it was going back to what... You had said a couple of times that you've been on here with the restart. You don't know if guys are going to be in game shape and if if certain muscles are going to go. And I think that's a very fascinating storyline in this in this uh, series over here. I'm going to go with the Thunder, man. I got the Thunder winning that one. Okay, um, and what? How many games? Thunder and six. Thunder and six, okay. Yeah. You ever find it funny that if a team wins in five, it's a short series, but if they win in six, it's a long series? Yeah, it's like that one game makes a huge difference. Yeah, that is pretty funny. <clears throat> well, one series is going on right now. Um, at the time that we're recording, game one is Nuggets and Jazz. Uh, the Jazz are up four points, as I got it right here in, in front of me. Um, obviously, this is going to determine, you know, you're going to have an advantage. You're going to be in the driver's seat of the series. But how do you feel about this series, bro? So, um, when I initially went through the series by series and was trying to like break it down. I initially had the nuggets in five, but, um, after watching this game, I'm going to backtrack because if Donovan Mitchell was playing like how he I, I cheated a little bit, I cheated. I watched a little bit of the game. So I'm changing my, my stance on the series, but if he plays like how he's playing right now, he's, he's playing like a superstar. Um, nuggets in six, <laughs> not five. Nuggets oh, okay. in six. <laughs> Nah, they're just too they're just too dominant. No Jokic, uh MPJ's playing at a high level. Uh they got guys off the bench. A really, really well rounded team. Jamal Murray's playing well. Um Gary Harris isn't what's up with him? Is he gonna come back? Did you see anything about him? Uh, I Nah because so it's weird, right? Because there were some reports that LeBron has been putting out these flyers about how the guard position is uh, a cause for concern to maybe get Avery Bradley to come back because he would have been a big piece of it. I'm like, yo, no lie. I think Avery oh, Bradley, yeah. especially in a series against the Blazers, like huge missing piece. that's absolutely. exactly where, where you would need Avery Bradley. So you still got a quarantine, right? So even if you decide, if like Avery Bradley was to be like, yo, I'm coming back tomorrow. Well, you're not going to play in that first series against the Blazers. You're right. probably going to miss the first two or three games of the next series. So yeah, long long term for sure. But for a team like the Nuggets, who their road is a little bit harder. Also, like who knows? You, you drop that first game to Utah, then you got to win. You, you, you got to win four out of the next six, which is always hard. You put yourself in a little bit of a predicament there, and then you got to go through the Clippers in in the next round, where like Gary Harris might not want to come back because of the whole quarantine thing. So, yo. 
if they could get something that I think the Nuggets are a team to watch next year. Mm-hmm. Like they've been on the cusp, and I think the one thing that they were missing is a guy like Porter Jr. And if he's for real, man, that could be something scary. And the steal they got too. They got him so late. So many teams passed upon him too. Like, uh... well, yo, I mean, look, yo, he had a he, didn't he have a broken back? <laughs> like, yeah, he was. He crazy it's injury. not that like, yo, I hate this shit. This is one of the worst takes that I hate when people have like yo bro if you pass on a guy because he blew out his knee or he blew out his back coming out of college like yeah bro I would probably do the same shit like I get it unless like if you remember that draft if I was the Clippers I probably would have took a stab at him because they had those two first round picks back to back that year Yeah, and you were the Clippers and you had this plan in place to get like the guys you were going to get and it was sort of like a unwritten uh unspoken agreement like everyone knew it was one of those things that everyone knew it was going to happen i probably would have taken porter jr in that situation i know hindsight is 2020 it's easier but does that make sense like yo you have two first round picks they're back to back i would take the chance on one of them taking the guy sga which they took and it was more of the all right at least i know i could get something out of this guy now and then the other one it's a crapshoot it's a roll of the dice yeah and it doesn't hurt because look how it panned out I, I like the Nuggets in this series. I still can't get over them losing Game 7 last year to the Blazers at home also. I think that's a big black eye on them. But I like, hungry. I like this Nuggets team. It's young. It's it's explosive. And if they're getting some, some shit out of Porter Jr., Bull Bull, who's been like a a, a bubble darling. I love him. Yeah. I love him. He, he, hasn't, he hasn't played in this game from the box score right now. I mean, I yeah, have it on not, he, They're not going to put him in. So, like a team like the Jazz, they have – like one big man in Gobert, and then the rest, everybody else is just kind of like, can kind of like put the ball on the deck and kind of go. They don't really have like a big team. I could see him maybe like if they matched up with uh, who's like a big team, like maybe like the Thunder, uh, maybe the Clippers with a little bigger, bit bigger of a team. But yeah, it, it, it's all based off of matchups and how they match up. But yeah, I didn't see he didn't get in either. I was, I was a little disappointed in that. So what do you have? you said uh, Nuggets and six? Nuggets and six, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with uh Oh actually what what I tweeted out was Nuggets and Six as well. I tweeted Correct. that out a couple hours ago. All right. I had it initially at five, but I think the Jazz can win maybe one or two, steal one or two games. Just from a betting perspective, this is um minus three hundred were the Nuggets to plus two twenty five were the Jazz um prior to this. All right. Let's switch over to the East. I feel like this one might be a little bit of a quicker and breezier conversation. Let me ask you this one. Magic Bucks, Raptors, Nets. Which team would you be surprised wins a game in that series more? Would it be the Nets or the Magic? The Nets by a landslide. It's not even close. Like, you got to you gotta understand the Raptors are the defending champions. Mm. They also... Embrace the underdog role because right Kawhi's not there anymore. All these guys are feeling like they get they got shitted on because like oh now they're not the same Raptors anymore. I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if they got back into the finals. The Raptors they're playing more team ball now that they don't have Kawhi relying on each other more. Not you know that sole guy carrying the load. Um, it would definitely be the Nets because of injury as well. They're super dismantled. They really only have one guy in Levert that can consistently score. I mean, Temple showed spurts. Harris showed spurts. 
Uh, they got the kid Shields off the bench. He's not really a scorer. He's more of a table setter. Um, yeah, they're completely dismantled. The Magic, on the other hand, they're 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 a team. You know, I know they're they're forward uh, towards ACL Isaac. We were talking about it earlier, but um, they're 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 a, I guess a more complete team, not dealing with as many injuries. Uh, Vucevic solid at um, center. Um, and they match up pretty decently with the Bucks. I mean, as decent as you possibly could. I mean, because Giannis is a matchup nightmare. Um, I just saw Aaron Gordon might not play the first game. So, I mean. Oh, boy. Yeah, he's a game-time decision. I just got an update. Um, pretty sure that's what it was, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd be, I'd be shocked. It'd definitely be the Nets, for sure. I actually had the Bucks in five. I think the, I think the both series will be sweeps, though. But um, it would definitely be the Nets, for sure. Yeah, they seem to be getting hurt at the at – the, like, I always – one thing that's changed with me the most is it's no longer – I don't think it's the hottest team coming into the playoffs. I think it's also the healthiest. And then when you get a team like Portland yes. where you get a combination of both, that's when it becomes yeah. scary and deadly. Dangerous. Um, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on that one, bro. Bucks, Bucks and Raptors, um, I would set the over-under at, at one and a half. For both of those teams to try to win and i would take the under i think sweep both of them um if i look at my predictions i think it was that's exactly what i had it as sweeps for both uh it was funny one of my uh buddies from canada they're like yo the raptors always blow at game one so it, it might be like they did last year right they lost to the magic in game one dj augustine yeah. turned back the clock a decade and and kind of stole one but yeah bucks in four raptors in four um don't want to waste too much time on that. I also kind of don't want to waste too much time on on Celtics 76ers. Not because I'm trying to, you know, speed this podcast up. Because with no Ben Simmons, I kind of think... Unless Embiid, like... Unless Embiid really just says, yo, get on my back and I got you. Even then, like, Celtics and six. Embiid, yeah. I have Celtics in six as well, but I mean Embiid is the best center in the NBA. So, like you said, rightfully so. If he if he if he puts his mind to it and says he wants to dominate the series and put his handprint on the series, yeah, they could they could potentially upset them. They have enough they have enough star power to do it. They still got Tobias Harris not a bum. They still got Horford's not a bum. Um, Alex Burke is going to be an X factor in that series too, coming off the bench, helping out offensively off the bench. It'll be an interesting series. Celtics are definitely the favorites. I I I, I got them in six as well though. This is a year for the Celtics. And look, the Sixers, I think, also, on, on another note, are probably going to have to be broken up sooner or later. They've been playing for playing experience for, like, the last six years, it seems like, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough's enough. You got to go. Are you going to go with Embiid as a franchise player or, or Simmons? And, and you got to go from there. It, you got to switch it up. Well, I think the first domino that's going to fall is going to be Brown's going to get fired. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like a layup. Um, and then from there, like you might do some shit where you run it back again with this core next year, and come All Star break, you're like, yo, one gotta go. And when you when you could acquire the rights to a guy like Simmons or Embiid, depending on who you want to give up, you're gonna get a boatload back in return. So that's what that's what I would predict for the for the 76ers. I think Brown gets fired for sure, for sure, and then I think they decide like halfway through the year, like, yo, let's. Put the flyers out. What's good? What can we get for Simmons? What can we get for Embiid? And blow it up. Maybe take on a bad contract to get rid of the Harris contract. Or Horford, too. Like, Horford is... Man, Horford was so... Like, 
How do you feel about Horford with the Celtics? I felt like he was their most important player, and then he gets paid with the Sixers. Kind of a weird fit also. Yeah. I, I agree. He was a big key piece for the Celtics. Um, defensive shooting forward. Um, yeah, just it, it was weird how that played out, that whole situation. And now he's on the Sixers playing against his old team. It's going to be interesting to see maybe, you know, revenge games. I love me some revenge maybe, games. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe, like, he'll try and, like, stick it to him. Yeah. Come out with an extra an extra chip on his shoulder. You know, try and, try and uh, prove, them, prove them wrong or prove something to them that they let him go. The last series in the East, um, Heat, Pacers, also relatively close. It's the closest... Series in the East, minus 300 is Miami, plus 250 is the Pacers. I would have went out on a limb if normal circumstances you could play at home. I would have picked the Heat to win the East. I know you're shaking your head, but I like their depth. Uh, Duncan Robinson is fucking Larry Bird now. <laughs> Division 3 bowler too, by the way. Yeah. And I think that Butler has brought like an attitude to them. Bam has taken the next step like we know. I still feel like they need another alpha like who's above the alpha of Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Like Jimmy Butler is a great B. Like Jimmy yeah. Butler is like in the Clay Thompson category for me, where I think if they're your number two guy, that's the kind of roster that you want. But yeah. Jimmy Butler also carries himself like an alpha. Like last year when the 76ers were in the playoffs, he was their go-to guy. He was the guy that was creating for them. And then that's what I think Miami saw in him. And Miami's embraced them. But, yo, they got a lot of depth. They got a lot of pieces that they could throw out. Um, so I think the Heat win this series. And I think the Heat can make some noise in the playoffs. Like maybe push their next opponent to, you know, a longer series than expected. Yeah. Um, two key things for them is Kendrick Nunn, who tested positive for COVID. His la- they played the last game of the series against the last game of the season. I think it was against the Pacers, ironically enough. And he didn't look too good. He took a lot of shots. I think he ended the game with like 20-plus points. But he's just got to get his win back because he's a big guy off the bench for them. Or, yeah, I think he may – I don't know if he's starting – could be starting, or maybe they're starting, or Dragic is coming off the bench. Either either which way. Um, Derek Jones also, another key guy off their bench. So they, had, they do have some injuries and some um, other things um, that they have to uh, figure out who's going to get those minutes and stuff. But yeah, I like the Heat in six, though. I think it's going to be a competitive series. I think the Pacers, I think if the Pacers obviously have Sabonis, it's a completely different series. And I actually think the Pacers would beat the Heat if they did have Sabonis. That's a huge, 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 um, huge loss for them. Him not being in that series, but I still think it's going to be competitive. Both teams match up well. Good, solid defensive teams. It's going to be low. Probably bet the under every every game in that series. I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, it's going to be a dog fight every single game. I think with those two teams. Heat in six, though. I do like the Heat, but I do think it's going to be a lot closer than what people think. People think that the Heat are uh, they're good. They're definitely good, but and. Also, you say them coming out of the East. I could see it, too, with the home court and the Miami flu, like you say. But um, I, I just think Toronto and Boston are too strong. Mm. Too, too, good, too good of teams to... Um, and Milwaukee. 
Milwaukee too. I keep forgetting about Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Shame on me for that. But yeah, Milwaukee as well. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. Let me do some uh, plugs for the Patreon. Shouts to Derek Pleiades. Yo, we're not doing finals predictions. I mean, we'll come back for that when the. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. My bad, my bad. This is your show, not mine. This is my show, dog. Fall back, yeah, yeah. you're. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Shout out to Derek Pleiades, Corey Johnson, Hoops, Christopher Velasquez, Ryan Pisner, Nick Chavez, and a newest member of the Patreon. Shouts to Orvica. Nick, you know Orvica from. From Twitch Gang, shout out to the six Twitch Gang, six goddess. Sh- shout out Orvaga. <laughs> thank <laughs> you, goddess. thank you for the contributions to the Patreon, and also we got another new member of the Patreon, the artist known as Josh, goes by just Josh. So shouts to Josh, guys. Patreon.com/slash/veteransminimum. You have another week if you sign up and join the ten dollar tier for the month of August. We are giving away a copy of Madden Twenty One. It's a live drawing. I put the videos up on the Patreon channel. So head on over there. Check that out. Some exclusive content on there as well. I'm releasing my win totals for the NFC on Wednesday. That'll be up. Exclusive degeneration at bets, showdown slates, DFS stuff, sports betting stuff, sports betting interviews and conversations on there. Those are going to be exclusive just for members of the Patreon for just $5 a month. And yeah, man, all that money is going into one day very, very soon. Rent's going down in New York City. Might cop an apartment to move this studio to. Have a more unique and dope setup for the podcast. I feel like it's the next evolution to that. So all support is good support. At the Lamb Shows, where you can find me. At Veterans, Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for VM. And Nick, where can they find you, dog? Nick Dunbar, 718. Holla at your boy. Last but not least, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners at Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Ory. See what they have to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your betting odds and up-to-date sports news. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. And I'll catch you guys later this week. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let it drop on me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it. Thank you.